Good evening, everybody. <laughs> it's not fair, it's right. It's not fair. I know, I know, I know. It's just not fair that I can sing my own hello. <laughs> How we doing, saints? How about the rest of us? <laughs> Genuinely good to see everybody out tonight. Uh, I'm going to tag with the Brother Terry deal. Uh, in our situation right now in this auditorium, um, sometimes you don't know where the sound is coming from. You hear drums and you hear guitar and you can think, what in the world? Where are they? Okay. The band is in the loft right now because we don't have room for them on the stage, which is a good problem, okay? So they're up there, and uh, Brother Terry has been our faithful bass player. So some of you may not have gotten to know him uh, because he's, he's up there, okay? But faithful, 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 coming out to rehearsals, and, and he, he had a job during the day, and then he played uh, uh, other, with other bands uh, in the evening at night, and, uh, and we just really miss him. It's a shock to us. You know, it's a shock. But um, wonderful, wonderful fellow. Funny. Great sense of humor. Would send me funny emails. Um, he was playing, man, when the Beatles were out. And he'd send me, even me pictures of himself, you know, when he was in a, a suit that was so tight. I don't know how he got in it, you know, and his hair was shagged. And, and just a real neat fellow. So that's who Brother Terry is. That'll help you connect with him, hopefully some. So please do keep the Boudier family in your prayers, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, I've gotten to speak to us and address us several times. My wife and I are worship pastors here. We've never addressed you uh, or spoken to you about worship, okay? But tonight is the night. Tonight is the night, okay? We've been in a uh, season and series of speaking about worship. Pastor Randon has been speaking about worship to us. Uh, our bishop came in Sunday and just continued right on, right on about worship. Worship to speak to you is also in my heart, so here we go, okay? Um, normally, I speak to us. I have some notes, and I speak out of a flow. Tonight, I'm going to teach a little more and follow my notes, okay? Cause, so can you stay with me? Okay, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's interesting. Our, our first scripture is going to be Genesis uh, 3 and 7, by the way. Genesis 3 and 7. It's interesting when we read the first portions of scripture in the word of God and we see this utopia of goodness okay the garden of Eden literally means pleasure okay this was like the ultimate setup right here okay no home theater system okay no landscaping uh million dollar rooms you know uh no tv show no harm home and garden network could even begin to touch the garden of even Eden it was an awesome awesome setup okay and within that setup it's interesting we never hear the term worship. We don't ever find where Adam and Eve... Thank you, sugar. For those of you who don't know, that's my first wife, Yolanda. It's also my only wife. And my last. That's right. That's right. Amen, baby doll. Amen. So we never hear that Adam and Eve worship, which is interesting. But Adam and Eve, we don't read about them worshiping because they didn't have to. They were already one with God. They were already one with God. So it's interesting in Genesis 7 and 3 what we read about. We're getting ready to read the passages of, of Scripture where the consequence of sin comes into play. Okay, we all know the story. If you've been around church at all, it's like one of the things that you should have learned. All right, the Red Sea parting, Noah's Ark, and the, the bad lady with the apple. Okay, all right, no, not Snow White and the Seven Doors. Not that apple. Wrong story. Okay? 
So they partake of this tree, and when they do, um, there could have been a myriad of consequences that could have taken place for the disobedience. And it's very interesting, the consequence of the actions that, that they did. This is the Genesis 7 and 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. The eyes of both of them were opened. Sorry, it does say Genesis 7, Genesis 3 and 7. Get it right, media department, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Genesis 3 and 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Here in Texas, we probably say naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So keep that up for me. The consequence of their sin was their eyes were opened. For the first time, they were not God-conscious only anymore. They became self-conscious and self-aware. The price for sin was becoming self-conscious and self-aware. So up to that point, all that was on their mind, that was on their thought process, was the grandeur, was the splendor, was the power, was the majesty, was the goodness, was the capability, was the ability, was the provision of Almighty God. Until they partook of the fruit, and all of a sudden, everything shifted from the grandeur and majesty of God onto the frailness of our own mankind, of our own weaknesses, of our own inabilities, of our own shortcomings, of our own faults, and our own failures. And immediately, they start grabbing for something to cover up their nakedness. Immediately, they reach out to grab for something to cover up the empty space. Immediately, they reach out to grab for something to cover where their strength lacks. Mankind is still doing it today. We're still reaching out and grabbing for a job, a career, a man, a woman, money, food, alcohol, trying to cover up the nakedness that we now have because of what was lost. So the punishment for that was self-awareness. So they became self-conscious and aware through an act of self-will. It's interesting, when focus changes off of God and on to me, there's a big difference between me and God. As big and bad as you are all by yourself, there's a big difference between you and between God. So I pulled up, I went to a top source. I went to the American uh, Psychological Association. And I pulled up three issues of self-awareness. Okay? Are you ready? This is deep, but I'm going to give us hope at the end, okay? Depression. Depression occurs after the loss of an important source of self-worth when an individual becomes stuck in a self-regulatory cycle in which no um, response to reduce this discrepancy between actual and desired states are available. Consequently, the individual falls into a pattern of virtual, constant self-focus. So they're already focusing on their self, but then they fall into a pattern of even more self-focus, resulting in intensified negative effect, self-derogation, further negative outcomes, and the depressive self-focusing style. Eventually, these factors lead to negative self-image, which may take on value by providing an explanation for the individual's plight and by helping the individual avoid further disappointments. The depressive self-focusing style then maintains and exacerbates the depressive disorder. So depression, result of self-focus. How many of you just sit around and just begin to think about yourself and comparing yourself to others? Okay? I mean, you turn on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and you look at your lips and you look at Kim Kardashian's lips. All right? You look at your hair and makeup, and then you look at her hair and makeup. All right? You look at your derriere, and then you look at her derriere. And you think, man, 
I just got left out. And you begin to get uh, downhearted. All right, men, you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and you just don't seem to measure up next to Brother Arnold. All right? Another problem of self-absorbing, binge eating. Man, it's quiet. Purpose uh, proposes that binge eating is motivated by a desire to escape from self-awareness. We're grabbing for something. Binge eaters suffer from high standards and expectations, especially in acute sensitivity to the difficult perceived demands of others. When they fall short of these standards, they develop an aversive pattern of high self-awareness, so they're already self-aware, it kicks up to high self-awareness, characterized by unflattering views of self and concern over how they are perceived by others. These averse self-perceptions are accompanied by emotional distress, which often include anxiety and depression. I'm diagnosing as some of us right now. To escape from this unpleasant state, binge eaters attempt the cognitive response of narrowing attention to the immediate stimulus environment. So they try to grab something that will immediately satisfy the lack that is on the inside of them. Okay? Last one I'll mention, alcohol. Alcohol serves to decrease an individual's level of self-awareness. According to this analysis, alcohol interferes with encoding processes fundamental to a state of self-awareness, thereby decreasing the individual's sensitivity to both the self-relevance of cues regarding appropriate forms of behavior and the self-evaluative uh, nature of feedback about past behaviors. Insofar as the pattern form of information can provide a source of self-criticism and negative effect, alcohol is an inhibitor of self-aware processing and is thought to provide a source of psychological relief. It is concluded that the self-awareness-based model establishes a useful framework within which a broad base of alcohol's negative um, cognitive effect on social behavior and uh, the motivations behind drinking can be conceived. So we see here depression, binge eating, alcohol. There was a myriad of things that if I'd have read them all, we'd all want to jump off a tall building before it was over with, okay? A myriad of things that focusing on self causes. Because anytime we focus on ourself, it can be depressing. Because our nature can just be a negative nature. And we look at ourself and see what we don't have. And we look at our own being and see how we don't measure up. Okay, but say he's got the answer. Okay, selfish doesn't work. There's a God-sized void that only he can fill. There is a God-sized void in everyone in mankind that only he can fill. I mentioned earlier we can try to fill it with a job. We can try to fill it with a career. Okay, we can try to fill it with a substance. We can try to fill it with relationships. And all those things can be a blessing, okay, but not number one. But not number one. There's a God-sized void that only he can fill. I'm going to propose to you the way that we get rid of our self and our selfishness and our self-focus is going to be the opposite, the reversed of how Adam and Eve lost their God consciousness, okay? If you're in debt tonight, it could be because you spent too much money, all right? So to flip that for a while, you're going to have to spend less money and tighten things up. Okay, this summer, you could have put on a little bit of weight. I'm not looking at anybody. Okay, and to flip that around, you're going to need to take in fewer calories for a while. You're going to need to do the opposite of what you did to get yourself in that plight. Okay, so Adam and Eve, through an act of self-gratification, brought this on. So what we can do is the opposite of self-gratification. Okay, if we will kill our flesh, it will get us back to a God consciousness and away from focusing on myself. 
the first time we see the word worship mentioned is with Abraham. It's when Abraham goes up on the mount to sacrifice his son. This is a crazy thing that God would have asked. Of all the things that God could have asked of Abraham, he asked for that one thing that was so dear to him. So dear to him. And really it was a condition of the heart. God wanted to see where Abraham's heart was so he could promote him onto greater things. And the Bible says that Abraham worshipped and sacrificed. The first time we see the term word worship mentioned, it's right there with sacrifice. Because worship is synonymous with sacrifice. Worship is synonymous with sacrifice. It's very interesting. The very next term that, that comes up in that passage of Scripture that's, that's a first mention is Jehovah Jireh. The first time Jehovah Jireh, meaning provider, is mentioned is right after worship, sacrifice. So we have worship coupled with sacrifice equaling in Jehovah Jireh. Worship coupled with sacrifice equaling in Jehovah Jireh. Are you getting it? Worship coupled with sacrifice equaling in Jehovah Jireh. Romans 12 and 1 says, Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Okay? It used to be before Jesus came and made everything right. Before we begin the worship set, I'd say, Good morning, Triumph Church. How are you doing this morning? Good to see you here. Turn around, tell your neighbor hello. Hope you're doing okay. By the way, have any of you sinned this week? Inevitably, we'd, most of us would raise our hand, okay? We'd have to say, Okay, please excuse those of you that have sinned. Just walk right out that door, and we're going to slaughter you out back, and then we'll continue our Sunday morning service. Okay? Because there had to be blood for the sin. And I was and am guilty, and you are guilty, except for the blood of Jesus Christ. So we couldn't get very far in a relationship with Jesus if we had to die. Okay? You wouldn't get very far. Don't just shoot your husband. You won't get very far. You never will recover and get him into the man you want him to be if you just kill him. Okay? So in this regard, God set it up where we are a sacrifice, but we are a living sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice. Keyword sacrifice. Now, in thinking about talking to us tonight, the main point of me speaking to you tonight is about sacrifice. And I thought, wow, this is going to go over great. Because anytime we talk about denying flesh, you know, we get real excited about that. If I had to come in with the three steps to success in five minutes, we'd be dancing in circles. All right? But about sacrifice tonight, a little bit of a different story. So offer yourself as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Okay, sacrifice is the key. Because you may say, well, I don't feel like worshiping God. Okay, or I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like singing out loud. I don't feel like clapping. None of this is predicated on feelings. None of this is predicated on feelings, okay? This is a knowledge of I know what I'm supposed to do, okay? Our little girl, if I say, Shaden, honey, if you will clean your room and clean the guinea pig cage and wash the car and fill it up with gas, wink, wink, okay, then the result will be ice cream, okay? And so when I go back with her and I check and I say, did you do this, 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 and this so we could get the end result? And she says, Daddy, I didn't feel like it. Okay, well, feelings, honey, weren't even in the equation. Okay, I didn't ask you about feelings. I said, this is what I want you to do so we can get to this end result. Okay, and too much we let our feelings play into our response to God. Okay, 
what's going on in my life right now, what I have, what I don't have, I'm tired, I went to bed late, okay? And let me just put this in here in, in, a, in a little side note. Worship is not just in here on Sunday morning, okay? Worship is not just in here on Sunday morning, and worship is not just the music. We had worship many times in the Word of God before music ever entered the scene, okay? Music is to create atmosphere, which is for you and I, okay? Atmosphere is for us. All right, my wife and I, we have date night on Friday night, okay? If Pastor Randon doesn't schedule a meeting, hint, hint, on a Friday night, then we have date night on Friday night, okay? All right, and when we go on date night, we're looking for an atmosphere that's conducive to a romantic connection, okay? So there are certain places that we're going to go that will provide that connection. Chuck E. Cheese is not on the list for romantic connecting atmosphere, okay? Not on the list. Screaming children, you know, and the worst pizza ever are not on the list. If, you, if you're part of Chuck E. Cheese, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, if you have stock in the company. All right. But we go to a place that's conducive, that's conducive to a romantic. And y'all know what's romantic to a conducive. You know, lights down low, candle on the table, you know, and that sort of thing. So uh, on the other side, if I want to spend time with our girls, I'm not taking them to, you know, a five-star restaurant per se because I'm going to waste my money, because Alondra, our three-year-old, can only sit down so long, and the rolls have just made it to the table, and she's ready to go. Okay? So atmosphere is for us. God inhabits the praises of his people. Period. Period. Okay? God doesn't inhabit atmosphere. He inhabits the praises of his people. Atmosphere is for you and I. So with the team, what we do up here is we try very hard to provide an atmosphere that is conducive for heaven to come down to earth for you all. Okay? So we know there's several things that go into play. I know there's, there's socioeconomic backgrounds that are going to go into play of what you're going to connect to. There's ethnic backgrounds that are going to go into play of what you connect to. Okay? There's generations that go into play for what you connect to. So I, pr- I try to pick a, a Hillsong candle waving song, and then we try to pick a gospel song that's got a little something on it, you know. And then we'll try to do a, a throwback from time to time. If we can, we'll, we'll throw in a hymn, you know, just to, to try to reach everyone. But none of that is for the preference of God, okay? God inhabits the praises, all right? Atmosphere is for us. And so when you come in here on a Sunday morning, it's like coming in here to an atmosphere, a table that is laid out before you, okay? And you're coming to train I know I'm speaking about myself, but I'm not the only one on the team, okay? So we're coming in for trained professionals, people who have went to school for this, people who rehearse this, who practice this, to come in and set a table out for you. If you have a heart condition, don't go to Bubba next door to work on your heart condition, okay? You need to go to a trained specialist who's been educated in it and who practices in that, okay? So you come to the house of the Lord. We forsake not the assemblings of ourselves together in part because there's a specialist, Pastor Randon, who is going to open the word of God to you and say what God is saying and make it plain to you so you can apply it to your life. Okay? You come to a team of worshipers who have been in the presence of the Lord, who have tried our best to hear from God, who have selected songs that you can enter in with, and you come in for specialists. Okay? But you can, in your closet at home, I know because I get up in the morning and in my closet because it's the farthest place away from the girls and I don't wake them up and in my little walk-in closet I go in there and I shut the door and I begin to worship Jesus, okay? With shoes on the floor, okay? I worship Jesus and he shows up because he's not concerned about atmosphere. He's concerned about my heart to him in worship, okay? 
So it's an advantage for you to come in here on Sunday and take advantage of this atmosphere. But you can also do it on your own at home. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you at home, even though it may seem hard at first, continue to worship the Lord and he will show up for you. In your car, you can have a Jesus take the wheel moment. <laughs> okay? I was raised uh, where we had Saturday night service, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, and a Wednesday night. That was a normal thing. That wasn't a special. Okay? And my mama drove the church van for 12 years. So I rode with her, and I got out, and I opened the door for all the little old ladies that didn't have a car and couldn't drive, and I set out the stool, okay? And I remember on numerous occasions, okay, the presence of the Lord just filling that church van. And I don't know how we got there, because Mama was talking in a heavenly language, and I don't know when I was on Jesus and when I was on the road, and we had a great time. There was no B3 Hammond organ. There was no guitar. There was no choir. There were just people who were hungry after God. Hungry after God. I remember stories about my great-grandmother walking in. Now, this is old school now, okay? Walking in the back door of the church, ready to go before service started, swinging her pocketbook and praising Jesus on the way in. Because she was hungry. Because she was hungry. What happened to our hunger? What happened to our hunger? Are reality shows taking care of it for us? Or do we still need Jesus? No, y'all, you know we still need Jesus. We still need Jesus. We still need Jesus. So I want to encourage us here, and I'll take a worship pastor moment to worship pastor us. I want to encourage you, um, lovingly encourage you, service starts at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, and then it starts at 10.30 on Sunday morning, okay? And we're here and ready to go. We're here ready to create an atmosphere for you. Now, on occasion, I understand where, you know, you got stuck in traffic or your tie got hung in the door or, or whatever, Okay? You know, I understand, I understand. But on a consistent level, it would be good for us to show up a little bit early. And when service starts, on that downbeat, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. Okay? And it would behoove us to come to service not only thinking about ourselves, but thinking about what is my praise going to release in the atmosphere for somebody else. I mean, think about it, church. Paul and Silas let up a praise that other people in the prison cell with them either didn't know how to do or were too downhearted to do themselves. And two men got a hold of God and lifted up a praise so that not only they walked out in freedom, but the people with them in bondage also walked out in freedom. And so when we come in a service, we've got to know there are people in this service saying, God, if you do not move today, I'm done. I can't live like this anymore. God, I'm walking out of this marriage if you don't move today. If you don't change me or you don't change them today, I'm done. God, I'm giving up on the dream. God, I'm giving up on my kids. Father, I'm walking out on you if you don't do something today. There are people every Sunday and every Wednesday night sitting in these chairs who need to hear from God. And we have the responsibility to send up a Paul and Silas praise to afford a breakthrough for someone who is too weary or does not know how to access heaven. No pressure, y'all. <laughs> but when we come in here, somebody could need what you offer up, okay? So, you know, if, if you want to live with problems and you want to concentrate on the negative and you want to think about everything you don't have, honey, your problems will be waiting on you when you walk outside the door. 
But just for somebody else's breakthrough, can we for an hour and a half, once a week, can we lay that aside and come in this house and lift up our hands and lift up our voices and raise our hearts to him in praise and give him glory and just see what kind of crazy things he might do for us and those around us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times have you come in and been the beneficiary of somebody else's praise? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let me encourage you in this. There have been many times that I didn't feel like worshiping, okay? But I did it anyway. I did it anyway. And I felt so much better when I left. I felt so much better when I, you know why? Because my focus shifted from who I'm not and what I don't have onto who he is and all that he has done for me. (laughs) And I felt better by the time I left. A burden was lifted. Okay, so let me encourage you to press in. If it's one thing, let me encourage you to press. Everybody say press. Press, press, press. press. You know, sometimes we wonder, well, why was this Sunday just on fire? And why was the next Sunday perhaps not as on fire? Okay, one, God is sovereign and he can show up however he wants to and it can look like whatever he wants to. But a big culprit of why we have this great Sunday and another Sunday in your mind may just be uh, mediocre is because we don't press. We don't place a demand on God. God is not short concerning his promises, okay? His goodie bag is not on empty, okay? It is full and running over. God is not tired, okay? He is not weary. He's still mighty and powerful, and he's got good things. But sometimes we just don't press long enough. We don't place a demand on God or the gifts that are in the house or the anointings that are in the house and that are in men and women of God that are in this room. We don't place a demand on it and say, God, I am not moving from this posture of praise and worship and gratitude until you change something in my life, until I feel you, until you change my hard heart, until you change my mind, until you give me strategies and answers and insight. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Okay? If Pastor Randon is done, I'm not done with Pastor Randon. I'm still going to pull on those gifts. I'm still going to pull on those gifts until God gives me what I need or until God gives me what I need for somebody else. Okay? Y'all come in here and you pull on this choir. You pull on that worship team. Okay? We're ready to go. If y'all go with us, we'll go too. We'll go too. Pull on them. Pull on them. Pull on them. Wear us out, y'all. Just wear us out worshiping Jesus. Just wear us out worshiping the Lord, okay? And place a demand on it. Press, 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 press. Okay? Now, there is a formula for the presence of the Lord, okay? There's a formula. Here it is. This is how God likes it, okay? This is how he likes it. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts of praise. I'm going to pull the scripture up just so you don't think I'm lying to you, okay? All right, Psalms 100 and verse 4. 100 and verse 4. Will I get a swig? Do we say swig in Texas? Well, I get something to drink. Okay. Help me out, uh, Brother Jason. Psalms 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Okay, we'll do it like, like, like the old folks used to. Read it for me, brother. Say, enter his gates. Enter his gates. Stop! <laughs> okay, going to put an accent on that right there. Stop! Okay, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Part of what we do is just our own human nature, okay? It's very easy. When we go to step into the presence of the Lord, we want to flood him with our problems, 
God, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. Heal this, change this, rearrange this, change her, change my husband before I change him with a baseball bat. Fix my wife. You know, and we, we approach the presence of the Lord with all of our problems, okay? And it's, it's understandable. I, I, know, I know that it's heavy on you. You know, another problem is this. I'll relate it like this. My wife and I have some very good um, close friends in Wisconsin, and we, uh, we're busy, they're busy, and we don't get to talk to them a lot. We try to Skype them, you know, or iChat them from time to time. But the longer we go without an iChat, the longer we go without an iChat. Because I know it's been a long time since we connected. And by the time we reconnect, there's going to be a lot to talk about. And I just don't have an extra two hours in my day at that point to talk. So we'll go for an extended period of time. Okay? The longer you go without talking to the Lord, okay, the more stuff you have the next time it rolls around for you to talk to Him. Okay? Don't wait Sunday to Sunday to connect with God. It's an epidemic. I I know what happens. I know what happens. Don't wait from Sunday to Sunday to connect with God, okay? Connect with God. There's all sorts of great material out there. I don't have time tonight to break it down for us of how we can connect with God on our own. But connect with God because the problem is if you don't talk to Him since the last Sunday, when you approach His presence, you've got all this baggage. You've got all this stuff because you haven't talked to Him in a while, okay? So enter His gates with thanksgiving. The first thing we want to do, this is the formula, is we want to begin to thank Him. We want to begin to thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Okay? God, I thank You that You love me enough to robe Yourself in flesh, to come down, live a spotless life, be spit upon, knowing at any time You could have zapped them just like that and they'd have been a greasy spot. But You endured it all for me. You went to the cross. Before You went to the cross, You took stripes on Your back for my healing. Father, thank You. Thank you. You love me enough to take stripes on your back. Father, thank you that you love me enough to stay on that cross. Thank you. You could have called angels at any moment to knock them all out. Thank you for enduring. Thank you. Father, thank you that I have eyes to see. I dressed myself this morning. Thank you I had clothes to put on. In many countries, I'm considered rich, and you are too, because you had to decide which pair of shoes you were going to put on this morning and which pair of pants you were going to slip into. Okay, Father, thank you for overflow. Thank you for, God, I may not be where I want to be, but thank you, Lord, my heart is not how it used to be. I'm not confused and depressed and beat down like I used to be. Thank you. Father, thank you for promoting me. Thank you for promoting me. Thank you for giving me a job that I wasn't necessarily qualified for, but you showed me favor. Thank you. And we enter his presence with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. The first thing out of our mouth is thanksgiving. I'm going to look at my notes, make sure I'm not missing anything else juicy I wanted to give you all. Okay, and then enter his courts with praise. Enter his courts with praise. This is where we focus on the attributes and the greatness of God. Okay, so you might be one of those people that say, well, I'm, I'm not a demonstrative person. Okay, yeah, right, really? You're not demonstrative in worship, but you're demonstrative. If you won the lottery, you'd be demonstrative. Okay, so you're not demonstrative in worship, but you're demonstrative when your team won the Super Bowl, you're demonstrative. Okay, so why is it that we have this thing when it comes to worship the Lord um, that we get real quiet? Okay, now, I'm not going to judge and, and you're not going to judge. Everybody, we worship the Lord in different ways. 
okay? And some people, you know, for me, if I wasn't behind the keyboard, I'd be, I'd be dancing around like I don't know what because I just enjoy the presence of the Lord and I like to move and so on. That's just my personality, okay? I got big hair. My wife has big hair. I like to sing, you know, we're just, you know. So that's me. So maybe for you, this is like a big stretch, okay? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Every uh, position of the heart has an outward posture, Okay? If I want to show affection towards you and you're walking towards me, my hands are going to extend to hug you, to embrace you, okay? If trouble is coming my way, okay, and I need to get country for a second, okay, and knock somebody out, okay, my outward manifestation is going to mirror something on the inside of me, okay, because I'm getting ready to go, because I'm getting ready to go, all right? So the same thing, if we are in love with the Lord, and showing gratitude. There ought to be something. I'm not saying you have to skip across the aisle, but there should be some sort of outward sign. If it's just a... <laughs> just, a just, a, just a little Elvis something. Just, 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 you know, nobody can see you if you're behind a chair. Nobody can see that leg but Jesus. You know what I mean? If you want to keep a little bit of your pride, not just sell out all the way, you can... You can Get some swag going on behind, the, behind the, the chair, okay? But there should be some sort of sign. And here's why it's good for you, okay? Because it kills, it kills Chris Deegan when I raise my hands and I don't feel like it. Okay? Okay? It kills Chris Deegan when I stomp my foot and I don't feel like it. Okay? It kills that flesh part of you when you raise your hands and you don't feel like it. Let the voice of experience tell you, if your worship life is out of order, it's very easy for your money to be out of order and your spending habits to be out of order. If your worship life is unbalanced, it's very easy for your eating habits to be unbalanced. This is the voice of experience, okay? I went through a season sometime back, one of the hardest seasons of life I've ever gone through, okay? And the one thing, well, not the one thing, but a great thing the devil was after was my praise and worship to the Lord. It had always been easy for me to lift my hands. But in this season, it just felt like, what's the use? But you hear that word feeling? It felt like, what's the use? But it was doing good. Okay? And the, it was hard for me to even lift my hands. They, my, they even felt, it even felt, felt weighty. And I was in a season like that for a while where it was just hard to, to show affection. Anybody ever been mad at God? I won't look at you. <laughs> He just did something a little, I mean, you had it all planned out. You had it all worked out in your mind of how it was going to go, okay? And you knew exactly you had it all, bap, 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 and God didn't line it out how you thought, and so now you're mad at God, okay? Been there, been there, okay? And so in that season where I, where I couldn't worship, things were just out of order. It was hard for me to eat right. My, I'm normally a disciplined eater, and it was hard for me to eat. It was just a rough season. And when God touched my heart, and my love expression to him got back in order, immediately my eating changed. Immediately my eating changed. You know why? Because I killed the flesh. I killed the flesh. Every time we lift our hands and we don't feel like it, we're killing our flesh. Every time we clap our hands and we don't feel like it, we're killing our flesh. Okay? And every time we do that, we take our eyes off of us and what we cannot do and what we do not have and it gets our eyes back on God and what he can do and what he can accomplish and what he said we can be through him. Okay, we get it? So it's a sacrifice. It should cost us something. 
it should cost us something. Okay. Now here's, here's the benefit of it, because I, I know, I, I know there's times in life we all have problems, we, we all have issues, okay? And so we're not just going to worship the Lord with great abandon without any results. There are results. There are results. Psalms 34 and 9 says it like this. Oh, fear the Lord or reverence the Lord, you saints. Revere and worship him. For there is no want to those who truly, truly revere and worship him with godly fear. There is no want, say there's no want, to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. There are benefits, benefits, benefits from worshiping the Lord. You know, the, and, and I'll close it with this. An international sign of surrender, okay, is hands raised. All right? If someone was to walk in here right now with an Uzi, this is what you'd see me doing. <laughs> Hands go up. It's that international sign of surrender. Okay. And it's the same thing in our relationship with the Lord, in a service or at home. Okay. We lift those hands up, and it shows the condition of our heart. God, I surrender. I, your will be done. I may not understand it. I may not agree with it. It may hurt. It may be painful. But, Father, I surrender. I surrender. Do you know that the word of God says in Psalms that our praise and worship to God, that it binds kings with fetters and chains? Do you know that God takes something that seems natural and he puts his super on it for a supernatural response and he does work in the heavenlies with our worship to him? Think of Moses, y'all. As long as his hands were up, as long as his hands were up, honey, they were winning the battle. Sometimes, come here, my brother. Sometimes you get weary and you need somebody to help you hold up those hands. Help me, my brother. And you need to have people in your life that can help you when you get weary and your hands get tired that can come alongside you and lift up your hands and stand in faith with you because as long as your hands are up, you're winning. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning. Thank you, brother. Now, we live by faith, not by sight. Okay? Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how I feel. Standing on the word of God, we'll get his results. As long as our hands are up. Okay? Let me encourage you in a closing statement. Get your eyes off of you and on to your Creator. And the way to do that is through worship. Every time you get up from a place of worship, your spirit should be sweeter, you should have more patience, you should be more kind, okay? I pray in the morning right off the bat. Sometimes that doesn't happen, and I pray later in the afternoon. And when I didn't pray in the morning, and I pray in the afternoon, many times my wife, she'll say, Honey, you, you prayed today, didn't you? <laughs> Because I'm sweeter, I'm, I'm kind, I'm, I'm giving. I mean, I'm generally kind, but I'm even more. I'm, aren't I, baby? You say yes. I'm even more. I'm even more giving. People that have an attitude and are just nasty, you can't tell me that they've been in the presence of the Lord. Because God will change you. God will change you. God will change you. If you're having a hard time, 
Whew, if somebody's working on your nerves, get in the presence of the Lord. And before you know it, when you get up, you'll be wanting to bake them a cake and take them out to lunch. <laughs> because God will be working on your heart. God will be working on your heart. Come on, let's close our eyes and do this exercise right now. Nobody looking to whatever measure that you want to sacrifice right now. If it's lifted hands, whatever it could be. Let's just offer up a sacrifice of praise to our God. Father, we lift you up, Father. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done, for all that you've accomplished, for all the prayers you've already answered, Father. Oh, Lord, for the sleep that you've given us, Father, instead of sleepless nights, Father. For the recovery that you've given us, Father, instead of the brokenness. Father, for all the beauty that you've given us out of the wreckage and the ashes, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. There is no one like you, Jesus. There is no one like you, Jesus. You have rescued us. You have delivered us, Father. You have freed us, God. You have afforded us so many promises, God, that we are standing upon. And we just dare to believe that you are a God of your word and that you will not be mocked, Father. We, if it's, Lord, if it's funny then, it's funny now. Father, if we can laugh about it down the road, we can go ahead and laugh about it now. If we can smile about it then, we can smile about it now because you are a God of your word. We thank you on this side of the breakthrough. We thank you on this side of the promotion. We thank you on this side of the healing. We thank you on this side of the lost loved one coming home. We thank you on this side of the family coming back together again. We thank you on this side of every financial need being met. We thank you on this side. Now God God, we praise you. We know you're bigger than every circumstance, oh God. You're mightier than the mightiest, oh God. You are big. You are God. You are big. You are God. You are big and you are God. No mountain is too big for you. No mountain of debt. No mountain of sickness. No struggle too great. No disease too far gone that you can't come in and breathe life into our situation, oh God. You are God alone. You have a way about you of working all things for our good. You can take what we didn't get and turn it around, Father. You can take the problem, Lord, and turn it into a promotion. You can take the headaches and make them stepping stones for greatness for your children, oh God. Oh, Jesus, how we love you, how we reverence you, we adore you, Father. Oh, unchanging God, we thank you. God of Abraham, God of Jacob, God of Isaac, God of Moses, and my God, my God, my God. Father, you said we are living epistles known and read of all men. There's a story behind these lifted hands. There's a story behind my praise. There's a testimony behind what people see me do in public and you also see me do in private, oh God. I thank you, 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 I thank you. Father, even now, even now, Father, even now you're working on our behalf. Even now you're changing and you're lifting, Father. Even now, Father, we just came to praise you, God, but I know you're working. We just wanted to say thank you, but I know you're moving. We just wanted to say thank you but I trust that you are changing thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you're changing it and you're changing me you're changing it and you're changing me hallelujah 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 glory to God glory to God glory to God 
Glory to you, oh Jesus. Glory to you, oh our King and our Creator. Hallelujah. 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 Holy are you, God. Holy are you, God. Holy are you, God. We join with the angels and cry holy. We declare that you are holy. You are holy. You are holy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Mm, hallelujah. 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 If you're in a moment with the Lord, just sustain it. Just sustain it. I'll hop on the keys in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss us. Those of you that need to go, we thank you for joining us tonight. We hope that you were blessed. Um, there'll be a great word for you on Sunday morning that will hit you right where you are, okay? We bless you tonight. I speak blessings over you. I declare uh, the blessings of the Lord in your life. I declare every need met. I declare Jehovah Jireh alive and well in your life. Uh, I declare the people that need to turn your direction are turning your direction to look at you and give you favor. Uh, I declare healing in your life. Uh, I declare healing and balance in your life. No more living broken. No more living broken, but whole, whole, whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes and amen.